everybody. So we are so excited. We are here to talk about uh, one of the more sort of obscure Oscar winners with the Oscars coming up. And uh, my friend AJ is here to talk about the movie Marty. Hi, everybody. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this movie, I mean, obviously it won Best Picture, so you can't say it's like super obscure, but I would say it's one of the more obscure Best Picture winners. Would you agree? Yeah, I'd agree with that. Like, I think it got a little more notoriety if you've seen, if anybody's seen, actually it's kind of a more, another obscure Best Picture winner. The movie Quiz Show, they talk about it a lot because that was like the answer that John Turturro's character takes a fall on during this game show scandal. But other than that, I don't think very many people remember <laughs> this one. It's yeah. kind of small. I think this was a smaller film. <laughs> It really does feel like a very odd pick for, for Best Picture. It's a good movie, but it just doesn't feel like the kind of movie that typically wins Best Picture. Yeah, it's very, like, gritty seems like a weird word to, to use to describe it, like, considering what the story is. Uh -huh. When you look at it, it feels like it was very, very low budget, you know, and then not in a bad way. Like, you could tell that it was filmed, like, literally on the streets of New York and things like that. Like, it feels very guerrilla-style filmmaking. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of similar in to Moonlight in that way, that, like, both were these very small, very independent kind of kind of films, and they feel that way. Uh, but, uh, but, yeah, this, it's a really interesting movie it's, it's, i like it but it's it's i don't know it's very different <laughs> yes it is <laughs> and i was looking at the other nominees that year it was kind of a, a weird year uh for like i have not heard of any of the other nominees uh they have uh mark because there's marty and then love is a many splendored thing i guess i've heard of that but yeah. I've heard of this the song. <laughs> yeah. Splendid. Uh, then Mr. Roberts, which I've never heard of. I actually own that one. I actually like that movie a lot. But, oh, really? Yeah, yeah, I've never heard of it. Um, Picnic, I've never heard of that. And something called The Rose Tattoo. Have you heard of that? I have heard of it. I have never seen it. But I think that might actually be another Burt Lancaster movie, which is interesting because he produced... <laughs> this movie that we're mm -hmm. talking about. Hmm. Yeah, so it's sort of a, a weird a weird year uh for the Academy Awards. Uh the uh yeah, it looks like Ro the Rose Tattoo, yeah, you're right. Burt Lancaster, Anna Magnani. Huh. I guess a Tennessee Williams play. Huh. Interesting. Go figure. Talking about why wasn't Rebel Without a Cause nominated? And oh, like that. and it's like well, the Seven Year yeah. Itch was that year. That could have. Yeah. I'm looking, Lady in the Tramp. Uh, yeah, Rebel Without a Cause. That's a great movie. Oklahoma. That's shocking that Oklahoma didn't get nominated for Best Picture. Guys and Dolls. Interesting. Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea. Huh. Oh well, uh, what a what a weird year. So, so let's talk about this film, Marty. So yeah, it came out in 1955, and uh, this 
uh, stars Ernest Borg- Borgnine, and it's his his big sort of big role. And he would go on to do I mean more of a character actor. Uh, and it's always interesting when you when you have those movies where the character actor gets to be the lead. You know. Yeah. Um, it's it's always interesting. You can tell that how you can usually tell how much they are appreciating the opportunity to to be the lead and really just kind of giving it their all. <laughs> oh, definitely. Especially since Ernest Borgnine up to this point was kind of known for playing bad guys in mm-hmm. movies. Like yeah. two years before this, he was in another Best Picture winner from Here to Eternity, where he was the guy who beat Sinatra, Frank Sinatra to death <laughs> in the stockade. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and... Even this same year, he was in another movie, Bad Day at Black Rock, where he played a bad guy. And he actually beat Spencer Tracy, who was nominated for Best Actor for Bad Day at Black Rock <laughs> this same year. Oh, interesting. <laughs> this is funny. Yeah. yeah. So I like I think I've read somewhere that he was really grateful to play a part where he didn't have to be like a bully or mm-hmm. beating somebody or murdering any, <laughs> anyone. Yeah. He, so. Yeah, that makes sense because – in a lot of those Italian stereotypes, he's probably, was probably cast. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm, interesting. Yeah, so he gets to be the lead, and he plays this guy named Marty, who's like this bachelor, and uh, how old is he supposed to be? Do you he know? said, I, uh, 34, I think he said he was. Okay, 34. And so, yeah, he's 34. He's a bachelor. He uh, works at this butcher shop. And uh, he's a, uh, you know, pretty, pretty friendly, friendly guy, but he, I don't know, he's, he's also sort of taken advantage of quite a bit uh, by people. I don't know, he's in this, basically, <laughs> I don't know, I kind of feel like everybody in this movie, except for Marty and Clara, are kind of terrible, <laughs> terrible people, and, uh, and just kind of mean like they're not very nice but like i don't know somehow the movie still manages to come off as likable and you're rooting for marty and you're happy when he kind of sees the light as far as is and but he's this bachelor and his mother played by esther minciati uh she tells him you gotta go you gotta go to the stardust ballroom you've got to go try to meet somebody whatever and so he's like fine I'll go I'll go and uh so yeah it's an interesting because she's like really pushy at the beginning uh trying to get him to go to the small room uh but then her tune changes <laughs> yeah and I think it's interesting I think I appreciate like this is something I think I'll mention more than once but um I think Marty is really a movie that you have to grow into <laughs> to really appreciate mm-hmm because I know when I saw it as a, I think I, I think I saw it as a teenager when I first saw it, uh-huh. and I didn't really appreciate how her attitude changed in particular, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't really understand, well, why, why did she do a complete 180, <laughs> you know, halfway yeah. through the movie? But watching it now, like, I don't agree <laughs> with what she's saying. But you can kind of tell why she's saying it, like her fear of being rendered obsolete, basically. Yeah. You know, when she sees what happens to her sister in the other marriage you get to see <laughs> throughout the course of this movie, the not 
as functional, the not functional yeah. one. Well, you know, we can, it's, we might not approve of somebody being selfish, but we can certainly understand because, you know, we all have our selfish moments in life. So yeah. it, 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 it can make sense. But yeah, like I said, I, I do think that almost every character, except for Marty and Clara, are super selfish and very like, I don't know. I, I just, I feel bad for them. I'm like, man, woo, <laughs> tough. Yeah. It's, it's rough. I think the most of the most blatant example of that is Marty's friends that he hangs out with. Like every single one of them are like these really skeezy guys who like talk about girls in like the basis terms. Like there's that scene where they're talking about Mickey Spillane, who's like this really violent private eye writer. And they talk about now he knows how to treat women. And they refer to women as like tomatoes and stuff like that. You know, like attractive women as tomatoes and yeah like they they're just uh they're willing to just like abandon women they they want you know they want at one point marty to just leave clara there like and for for a hotter doll or whatever and yeah they're definitely like they're terrible people like these friends of his yeah and i think and i love how there's like one moment in particular where you really get to see that how Marty is different where because Clara is well Marty and Clara meet at the ballroom right at night and the reason why they meet is because Clara's original date tries to pay Marty to to talk with her while he leaves and Marty says what do you mean you can't just abandon a girl like that you know yeah and it's just with that one little moment that you realize Okay, so Barty's got a completely different attitude. He's really out of place among all these other people. Yeah. Well, and if yeah, it's true. Like he he there's just a sweetness to his character that uh is is even made more so by the fact that everybody else is so terrible. Uh and it's it's so funny because they talk about Clara as she's like this like horrifically ugly, horrible like person and and she looks fine to me. Like, it's so weird. Yeah, exactly. Married to Gene Kelly at the time. So oh, really? Kind of a, and in fact, they didn't want to cast her originally because she was actually blacklisted at this time. Oh, interesting. And Gene Kelly basically blackmailed MGM <laughs> into casting her in this movie, saying that he wouldn't do any other movies for them or for Burke Lancaster as a producer unless they cast his wife in this role. Huh. <laughs> And so, interesting. But yeah, she's not ugly or anything at all. She's just average. <laughs> I guess not average. That sounds bad too. I don't know. She's just perfectly cute. I thought yeah. she was perfectly cute. Like she's cute. yeah, perfectly <laughs> normal to me. Just really funny. But they 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 just like talk about her right. She's right there. Just about how like ugly she is and. And she she finally like breaks down. She goes up to like the roof, I think, and that's where he finds her. And then they end up uh, they end up going on this they're spending the evening together and uh, going to this diner and talking and 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 uh, and yeah, at a certain point in the in the evening, his friends friends in quotes uh, try to get him to leave her to go hang out with these. Uh, these dolls 
whatever that are like sure things and it's a pretty like it's it's a pretty frank movie as far as sexuality for the 1950s i think what do you think yeah i didn't really think about that but it is true they don't make any they don't try to skate around what's going on in that situation and i think that's also the most telling moment when you see how other women look at marty too that moment where he comes into the cab where his friend, quote unquote, like you said, tries to introduce a woman in the backseat to Marty and she just completely blows him off. Yeah. And it's like, and you can see that, I think that's a moment where you really see that Marty and Clara are in the same boat. Because up to that point, like women don't really talk to Marty, but they don't, they're not like totally rude to him (laughs) until that point. You realize, okay, yeah, these guys are having exactly the same Marty and Clara are in the exactly the same situation yeah it's true well but it's just sort of surprising I guess for a movie you think 1950s you think uh you know leave it to beaver and you know whatever like really clean cut really uh and so you know the fact that it's just kind of like assumed that Marty would go and be with these you know women like uh that if you know if he didn't have this date with Clara it's kind of an interesting thing yeah and I wonder if that's why it was nominated for best picture like because I think like Picnic is a movie I haven't seen mm-hmm. but it's a movie I, I've heard of and I basically know what it's about and it's very frank in that way mm. too and I wonder yeah. if that's why it was nominated just because of the realism you know. so this, was a, this was a rebellious year in the for the academy <laughs> so right yeah now. yeah interesting and so yeah they have this conversation and i it's a really interesting scene when he they get to his his house and they uh they're talking and and then marty tries to kind of force claire to kiss him what did you think about this scene i thought it was really I don't know. It was really surprising, especially given what's going on in Hollywood right now. Yeah. You know, that's what it made me think of first. But it's it's a very, like, I don't know. Like, did it make sense for his character to you? Um, not, I don't know. It's it's a lot more forward (laughs) than he is in a lot of the rest of the movie. Yeah. And I'm not laughing because that's funny, but um, it's just, I don't know why I laughed there. But anyway. Um, but I guess I can kind of understand what they're going for, that he's so, like, this is just so new territory for him, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, like no, like, no other woman has been this interested in him ever, you know, and he's not really sure how to handle the situation or how he's feeling, you know? Well, yeah, and if you think that he, he previous to this, he'd been, like, hanging out with people, like, like the like his friends, uh, I guess it kind of makes sense that he he is carried over some of that behavior from them, you know, into into this. And uh, but it is very uncomfortable. It's a very uncomfortable scene. And she's like, "No, I'm not going to do that." I, you know, I and anyway. And so then he kind of backs off and he sort of apologizes, and uh and then they continue to talk and he does finally she does finally uh kiss him but uh not till not till later 
but I don't know. It's interesting. And then his mom meets her and she seems fine at that point with her and with Clara. And then he walks her uh, home. Or- I think, oh, sorry. <laughs> I was going to say, I think she's fine with Clara up until like up to a point, you know, where they're talking, where she starts talking about her sister. Yeah. And we haven't really talked about the other couple in this movie that much, but Marty's right. Marty's mom has a sister who lives with who lives with um her her um daughter in law, her son and her daughter in law. Yeah. And their little baby and and her and that husband and wife couple want her to move out of the house because the wife is sick of hearing <laughs> Just says that she's sick of being told all the time how to raise her baby and things like that. I mean, what and did you what did you think of this other couple? I thought they were really kind of grating, kind of annoying. Agreed. Yeah. I'm glad you said that because I I was just like, oh my god, these people are terrible. <laughs> these people are so selfish. They're so self absorbed. Like they even within their own relationship, even dealing with the baby, it's all about them, 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 them. And, like, they can't stop for a second to, like, help Marty or to think about what's best for uh, Aunt Catherine. Uh, that, I don't know, they're just super selfish, this couple. Yeah. And, like, the scene where I think you see that most is, like, the next day after this night that Marty spends with Clara where he's, what Marty wants to do is buy the butcher shop that he works at and kind of make it into a supermarket event. Mm-hmm. Not a supermarket, but kind of yeah. and with other merchants in the area to compete with the supermarket. And he wants his brother-in-law's advice about this. And all this time he's trying to ask his brother-in-law, all, all this couple can do is argue about, argue about what's going on with, with um, the husband's mom, Marty's mom's sister. Yeah. They can't just, uh, just for like second, not think about their own problems. Like it, there's su- such selfish characters and uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting. So they end up inviting Aunt Catherine to live in there, to move in with them. In that conversation that Marty's mom has with Clara, she becomes afraid that that's going to happen to her as well. What's happening to her sister. Yeah. Is gonna happen to them as well. Cause Clara talks about, well, and I agree with Clara that, that a, that a wife and a mom should have a life <laughs> besides well, not besides, but she should. Well, not like, Clara. You mean um, uh, uh, it's not Clara who says that. Uh, well, I mean, uh, well, she says she doesn't really want to talk about it because she doesn't know the people involved. Oh, right, right. You're right. But she says that she doesn't feel like a mom should feel worthless just because her children grow up and move on. You know. Well, but then Aunt Catherine's all like oh, Marty's going to try to get you to sell the house and he's going to, and then he comes in right then and is like, let's, let's move into an apartment or whatever. Let's move out of this house. And so then she starts freaking out. Uh, but you do get this nice scene uh, when he, after he drops off Clara, it's, it's probably one of the more iconic scenes of the movie. Uh, he's very excited. He's had a great night and he punches the, the bus sign uh, and, uh, but, uh, and that that's a cute scene. That is really cute. Yeah, it's, that's, it's good. 
It's funny. Somebody pointed out to me once. It's like that must hurt like really bad. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, like full force like that. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, but but still, just that joy that he feels that really comes through. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, his mother becomes like becomes convinced that Marty is going to like abandon her. And then his friends show up and his friends are like, why would you want to see this girl again? What's wrong with you? Uh, and uh, so he, start, he starts to get influenced by them, by all these people, by his mom, by his friends. And uh, so he doesn't call Clara. And could you, relate, could you relate to that at all? Like what he's going through there? Yeah, I really could. Just there was a girl that I liked in high school that all of my friends said, uh, I don't know about her, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it kind of it kind of influenced me to stop pursuing it in a way, you know. Yeah, I, I don't I don't relate to it as far as relationship, but it's easy to let other people sort of sway your your opinions about a lot of different things. And yeah. like I've had even just a silly example, but I've had movies where I'll go to the movie and I'll be like, oh, I really like that. That was really good. And then I'll come, I'll come home and, and hang out with my friends or whatever. And they, you know, if they, if they all hate it, then I'll be like, hmm, maybe I didn't, did I like it? You know, and then I have to be like, yes, I did like it. Like, yeah, <laughs> easy to get kind of, you know, swayed by, by, by your friends and sometimes. Yeah, definitely. And it doesn't really help that Marty's friends are so pushy about it, <laughs> too. Yeah. It's like, especially his friend Angie, who is like his main, like kind of his best friend in a way. And he's the one that, like, when he see, where he looks for Marty all night at the ballroom where he loses him. Yeah. And then when he finds him later on, he won't even talk to Clara, or he barely talks to her. You know, he just says hello to her, and then he just walks off, you know? Yeah. And it's just they're they won't leave him alone about it basic basically yeah you know? well and and his mother being that way i mean I, I that's especially for somebody that lives with your mother it's obviously kind of a mama's boy like it would be hard you know to have your mom not approve yeah so yeah they luckily my my parents have have always been pretty standoffish as far as like they don't get involved in 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 those kind of things as far as my personal life which i appreciate <laughs> yeah if they really disapproved of somebody that would be that would be concerning for me yeah and it's kind of sad like marty's mom doesn't really want to say why <laughs> she's yeah disapproves and so like the reason that she gives are like really shallow like well she doesn't look like she's italian to me you know, how do right. I know she's a nice girl and things like that? I find that the mom would change so quick, like would become scared so quickly. Like there's a part of me that's like, come on, like you, I don't know. It's, it's, it is quite a, quite a change from her perspective at the beginning of the movie to, to this. Yeah, I guess that is like, if there is like a, like a, I want to say it's a big flaw, but there's a flaw that's really noticeable in the movie that it's kind of rushed at the end. Yeah. And convenient, you know, like that scene, like you're talking about like 
like she knows her son, you know, <laughs> it's yeah. not like he's like this horrible person who would put her out on the street, you know, yeah. she knows that he has a good heart. It's like, right. yeah. And then the end, the very end scene, it kind of seems rushed too, in a way. Yeah. And I mean, I, I guess if I was going to say it flaws too, is I don't feel like Marty and Clara have like super great chemistry. I wish they had like a, I don't know, just a little bit. And I, maybe it's because it starts out in that, like, because of that weird, like, he's trying to, to the weird, he's trying to kiss her scene. Like, yeah. So it starts, the sort of the relationship almost kind of starts off sort of uncomfortable. And I, I don't, I just don't feel like they have, like, super great chemistry. Yeah, that's true. And I wonder if part of that is that, because this was a TV production at first. Okay. I think the TV play that Patty Chayefsky wrote, and then he adapted it to the screen later. And I wonder if he really, and like Patty Chayefsky is like a really awesome writer. <laughs> I just want to clarify that. Like he won, like he was the first like screenwriter to win three Academy Awards in screenwriting just for his solo credits, like not as a team yeah. writer. But I kind of wonder if he didn't really entirely nail how to expand this out to a full movie length, mm-hmm. you know? Right. And so that, I wonder if that's why it feels rushed and some parts kind of feel weird in that yeah. way, you know? Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, there's just parts that just feel kind of uncomfortable. And I just think that that hurts the chemistry a little bit. And uh, But anyway, he, Marty realizes that... Uh, he should stop listening to all these other people and he you know that he likes this girl and who cares what all these other people thinks and and then so he decides to call clara and uh she her parents you see off and on you've got the classic 1950s uh twin beds which is kind of funny couple. That is funny. She's kind of upset. And then he calls. And uh, you get this famous scene when Marty uh, bursts out of kind of the, uh, the, you know, tells his friends. He says, you don't like her. My mother don't like her. She's a dog. And I'm a, f- a fat, ugly man. Well, all I know is I had a good time last night. I'm going to have a good time tonight. If we have enough good times, I'm going to get down on my knees and going to beg that girl to marry me. If we make a party on New Year's Eve, I got a date for that party. You don't like her? That's too bad. <laughs> yeah. And like, it was funny. I actually watched that last scene at work, like on one of my breaks. And that scene actually made me want to cheer. I like that scene so much, but I had to hold myself back. And like, yeah. you can feel like, well, actually, let me go back for a second, and then I'll come back to what I was just going to say. Yeah. Cause, like, earlier in the movie, Marty says that he'll call Claire, like, at 2.30 or after she gets out of mass uh-huh. at, on Sunday. And that scene where, like, you know the time has passed, but he hasn't called her yet. That scene is really hard to watch when you see how she feels, you know. Right. Like, you can tell that she's been crying, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and stuff. And, but... Later on, when Marty finally snaps, I like how you can just see the the kind of the rage building up inside of him, because like all the time during this movie, like half the time he's talking to his friends, they're always talking about, well, what do you want to do tonight? I don't know. <laughs> what do you want to do? <laughs> you know. And eventually he says, 
like in this moment, he says, I must be some kind of an idiot to be standing here <laughs> arguing about what, <laughs> hanging out with you guys who don't know what they're doing in their life when I, when I have this really awesome opportunity with this girl. And if you don't like her, if my mom don't like her, I don't care, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I think he, he's kind of speaking for the audience that we've been feeling all this time. Like, these people are jerks. These people are terrible. <laughs> like, why are you doing, you know, like, you get away from these people these people are terrible yeah I, I would say this and the bus stop are the two most iconic parts of the movie yeah definitely so yeah it's it's a a very it's a very cute little movie uh and it manages i think just because ernest Borgnine is so great and because it has those nice moments that it ends up still be being a likable movie that you can watch uh it it it's it's a like i said it's a weird movie just because everybody except for the lead couple are just such jerks it's it's a kind of a strange movie in that way it has some awkward scenes it doesn't 100 percent work but but it's still like i would say still a good film i enjoyed it enjoyed watching yeah yeah it is good. to relate to because i like i said i think that we're all sort of influenced by our friends and family and things more than uh more than we'd like to i think anybody can kind of relate to the story so uh yeah exactly that's what i was going to say actually and i think that's i think it's just because it's a different kind of love story than we usually see in movies yeah. i think that's a big part of it too because usually love stories in movies like either take place like in these exotic locations you know like new york or like in the American West on a ranch somewhere or something like that. And, or they're between like these really attractive movie star people, you know, yeah. and in Marty, it's between these two working class people in the middle of the, in the middle of the Bronx, which is not a very glamorous place. As you can see, it's just, yeah. it's a very slice of life movie in a time where there weren't a lot of slice of life movies at that time. Or if there were, they weren't about romances. Like on the waterfront or something like that is not a romantic movie <laughs> that way. Mm. Yeah, you're right. It, it's just kind of untidy and feels, I, it is, does feel sort of like a slice of life kind of movie. And uh, and it, it it's just it has such, I think what helps a lot is Ernest Borgnine's just performance. And uh, that helps sort of elevate it uh, above what it might otherwise be. Yeah, and I just feel like Ernest Borgman just has a very friendly face when you look at him, you know? It's kind yeah. of weird that he thinks that he made such a big career out of being a bad guy at the beginning of his career, because you just look at him, and he's always got this big grin on his face and all his publicity photos and stuff, and you can tell why he kind of made a bigger career for himself later, like on TV and sitcoms and stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's true, too, that, like, it's a, you know, so often we see in something like West Side Story or whatever, where, like, they just, like, fall in love immediately and have this incredible, you know, experience, and I love that movie, but, uh, yeah, this is just, like, less tidy, and so I think you can relate to it in a way, and, and, and so it's, it's, it's a, it's a fun interesting movie despite yeah. having some flaws <laughs> as far as yeah I mean, it would have been nice i think for him to have one friend 
to talk to. You know what I mean? Like, because usually in romantic comedies, there's the best friend who's kind of there to sort of, and I don't know if I describe this as a romantic comedy, but there's usually somebody that's like sort of their sounding board and there's somebody they can talk to kind of a thing. That might have yeah. been nice, I think, it, to, to, for the movie. Yeah, I think so. It, it, that's one part of the movie that I don't think is super realistic, that everybody yeah. <laughs> doesn't appro- disapproves of this relationship. Probably give it like, I don't know, something like a B, a B or B plus, something in that line. It, I like it. It's good. Yeah. It's my, I, my favorite, but I like it. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Like, I'm glad that it won Best Picture, even though it may not necessarily have been the best movie that year, just so it's remembered for at least a little bit that it is remembered, yeah. <laughs> you know? And so... Agreed. I'm glad Agreed. that it's around to that point. But I would, because I usually use, like, a star system, I'd probably give it, like, 3.5 or 4. Yeah, kind of, so basically the same. We're, we're kind of in the same yeah. place on it. So, cool. All right. Well, yeah, this was fun to talk about. Uh, you guys should definitely check out Marty if you haven't seen it. Uh, give it a watch. And uh, and thanks for joining me to talk about talk about this movie. I appreciate yeah, it. Thank, thank you for letting me come. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so where can people find you? So I have a blog on WordPress called The Vintage Vestibule. That's at vintagevestibule.wordpress.com. And I'm trying to do more there. I've kind of made a commitment to myself to write at least a little bit almost every day. And so hopefully there'll be a lot more stuff coming up there. And I'm also a writer at rotoscopers.com occasionally. (laughs) I kind of want to start writing there more often too. So, Mm. Oh, and you can follow me on Twitter at Howell489. Yeah, and I'll have that all in the description section. And you can follow me at Smiley LDS Girl on social media and at Rachel's Reviews on iTunes and on, uh, on here on YouTube. And also I have the Hallmarkies podcast and we had like an epic week with the Hallmarkies podcast this week. We had two interviews and we did two podcasts. So it was, it was very, it was very intense, but it was great. And I'm really proud of what we what we put out. Uh, we got to interview Jen Lilly, who's a soap opera slash Hallmark star. And it was so much fun. She's amazing. And so definitely you guys should check that out if you haven't. And I posted yesterday my review of Black Panther on this channel. So make sure you take a look at that. So uh, let us know what you think of Marty in the comment section and what you think of uh, what are some of your favorite more sort of obscure Oscar, Oscar winners, Oscar nominees, uh, whatever, put in the, put in the comment section and uh, we'd love to talk about it. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) Thanks again. And uh, we will, uh, we'll talk again soon. We'll find another uh, sort of obscure film to talk about. Yeah, definitely. I'm looking forward to it. (laughs)